It's time for the Open Tomb Ministries broadcast. Open Tomb Ministries, the family church at 5655 Temaquana Road. Sunday school at 9.30 a.m. Worship service at 10.30. Tuesday night Bible study at 7. Here's Bishop Strobridge with today's message. Hallelujah. Go ahead and take your seats. Go ahead and take your seats in the presence of God Almighty. Take your seat in the presence of the Lord. If you would, pick up your copy of God's Word and join me in the book of Matthew. The book of Matthew, chapter 25. The book of Matthew, chapter 25. Now, this morning, as the Lord gave me this message, I said that I would not come in today and and preach to you. I just simply want to have a discussion with you. I've come to realize that people understand a little bit better when you take your time and exegesis or explain the word of God where it can be understood. But in the particular area of God's word in which we've gone this morning, Matthew 25, we're going to read a story and this story talks about uh, 10 virgins. And Jesus Christ was one who spoke in parables quite often. And a lot of us believe that uh, Jesus spoke in parables to dumb down or to simplify the message of God's kingdom. But I'm here to let you know that if you read Matthew 13 in its content, you will see that that is not the reason Jesus spoke in parables. The reason Jesus spoke in parables at that time was because those who were unworthy, he said, if I teach it the way that it should be received and they understand it, that sins will be forgiven. Now, it's not that Jesus Christ was condemning those people to be bound in sin for the rest of their lives, because John three sixteen tells us that Christ not only died for you and I, but he died for the world. And there are some people that are in the world right now will go into the ground without ever having any knowledge of that type of kingdom benefit. That is absolutely amazing to know that you have resources available, but you have no knowledge and no consciousness of the fact that those things exist for you. And those who will not hear the voice of God, whether it be you going to them to witness about God, or whether it's them hearing it on the radio, those who would not respond will never in most cases, that heed to uh, what God has for them. But Jesus spoke in parables and he left the responsibility up to the Holy Ghost and the heart of the individual to give an understanding to the individual. And the Bible says that people are dying not because of what Satan is doing. Let's get that out of your mind real quick. It's not because of what Satan is doing. It's because a lot of people lack the knowledge on how to deal with that joker. Can I get a witness? The Bible says that there is nothing that will come upon you that is not common to man. So in other words, everything that you've gone through, guess what? I've got some news for you. There's somebody that's gone through it before you. And they were able to make it through it. But I want you to understand directions or a sense of guidance is always frustrated at the moment of impact. What do I mean? 
When an unexpected situation happens at your front door, the first thing you do is panic. And when you panic, it removes your ability or the opportunity for you to think and plan properly. And when you respond in panic, you react instead of being proactive. And a lot of times when you react, you do things that you later realize you got to spread an apology over that thing. And so I want you to know that God has said that we must be as wise as serpents and as humble as doves. Can I get a witness, somebody? So the Bible says that my people are dying for a lack of knowledge. So I've come to understand that it is not the devil. You know what? We're in a time now where we blame him for too much. Some of the stuff we doing ain't got nothing to do with the devil. It's just what we want to do. But he's a good place to put it on. Amen. Because the Bible says that anything that come upon you, God will give you a way out. Now watch this. If I've got a way out and I'm caught in a house that's on fire and I see an open door, I can no longer blame the fire for consuming me. I have to assume some of the responsibility of being the one who destroyed myself because I refuse to take the way out. And I want to let you know that no matter what you go through, God has prepared a door for you. God has prepared a way out for you. But when I look out into this world, which be that as it may, with all of the joy and all of the good eating and all of the the wealth and all of the money and all of the fancy clothes and all of the clean and fine rides, I want you to know that this earth is a place where people are dying. People are dying tragic deaths. People are doing things to, to one another that God is displeased about. And God has showed me that unfortunately his children have been called for a little while to live on a cemetery. You cannot believe that this earth is not a cemetery because you don't know that there's a body buried in your yard. I want you to know that this earth is a place where everything made from dust is returning to the dust. This is why the Bible says that you are the light of the world. And to be honest with you, everything else outside of who you are is dead in the eyes of God. And I want you people to understand today that there is a light burning in you and the enemy sets out to dole out that light. But I'm here today to cast wood on it. Can I get a witness somebody? In Matthew 25, it tells us, it says, then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened until 10 virgins which took their lamps and went forth to meet the groomsmen. Now, I think that all of us can exercise the proclivity or the tendency to know who the groomsman is. I would hope you would know who the groom is if you're the bride. There's nothing like getting married to somebody you don't even know. Now watch this. And it says, and five of them were wise and five were foolish. Now it helps us to understand. I don't care where you sit in the building. You fit in one or two of these categories. You're either foolish or you're wise. One of the two. And so it says, they that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, that means while he waited a little while or while he delayed a little while, it says they all slumbered and slept. I want you to understand that as you are walking with God, you can never go to sleep on the spiritual warfare that you are engaged in every day. I want you to understand that this spiritual warfare that you are involved in, it is not fixed to a particular location. And the reason I say that, because the enemy can fight you and your family. 
The enemy can fight you on your job. The enemy can fight you in your marriage. The enemy can fight you in your body. So the enemy will fight you wherever you are. So the Bible tells us in verse six, and at midnight there was a cry made. Behold the bridegroom, he comes. Go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. Can somebody say with me, trim the wick? Come on, say it again. I don't believe you. Trim the wick. So it says, and at midnight there was a cry made. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. The Bible tells us that when Jesus Christ appears and he breaks through the clouds and heaven is open, that every eye shall see him. Every tongue shall confess, confess and every knee shall bow. The Bible says he's coming with the shout of Michael or with the trump of the angels. So everyone will hear him. There are so many that are teaching that this return of Christ is going to be a secret event. It doesn't sound too secret to me. Now watch what it says. In verse 7 it says, Then all these virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, No so, not so, lest there be enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. It says in the book of Isaiah, I believe 55, it says, Those who are without money, come and buy milk. Come and buy those who are without money. Come and buy. And in verse 10 it says, And while they went out to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage. And the door was shut. Afterwards came also the other virgins saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, verily, I say unto you, I don't know you. He says, watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the son of man cometh. Now, when I read this story, I'm under the impression, although that I know it's a parable, but if I could just for a moment make it literal. These virgins are in somewhat of a condition, and I'm one to believe that it had to be around wintertime. And they're carrying their oil and in their lamps, and they're prepared to meet the bridegroom. But the Bible helps us to say that five of them were foolish. They did not prepare properly. And as a matter of fact, uh, they all slept because it seemed that the groom was taking too long to show up. Now, if I could just for a moment make it personal with you, I can remember as a little boy living on Fairfax, I had somewhat of a, a very interesting life. And back in those days when I was a little boy, CJ, we weren't privileged to live in the suburbs. And so one of the first things that I come to understand and know was the ghetto. And so we grew up in the ghetto and right there on Fairfax, right down from the laundromat. And when you bend the corner right there on Kings Road, you got the Popeyes. I know about it. My mother used to send me there all the time. (laughs) 
And what I'm saying, we had an old wooden house we were living in. And I don't know about you, but it's kind of difficult to keep those wooden houses warm in the wintertime because there's so many leaks in the house. But this house was equipped with what was, I guess, innovative at that time, which was a fireplace. And my brother and I, we would have to always go out and we would gather the wood while my mother and my little sister stayed in the house. My brother and I, we were out getting that wood. And my mother, sometimes she would take a pallet and she would lay the pallet right in front of the fireplace and, and she would put a screen up. But it didn't do anything to keep those little pieces of wood from popping on us. We wake up in the morning and we got blisters all over our forehead and everything, but we kept warm. You know, we, we felt good. Mama did what she had to do. She got all of her babies and she bundled us together and she, she burned that wood and, and Eugene and I, we had to take turns going out to keep the fire going. We had to go and get the wood and, and then all of a sudden Mama ran across a few dollars. Now we slept in the living room because that's where the fireplace was. But, but Mama ran across a few dollars and, and she went out and she bought a, a kerosene heater. And, and, and I don't know about y'all. I'm not talking about the rich folk. I'm talking about the poor folk. If, if you've been where I've been, you know about those kerosene heaters. You didn't sit the jug in there upright. You turned it upside down and dropped it in there. And, and so my mother would tell us, say, well, you know what? We got this brand new heater, but we ain't got no oil to burn in it. I need you to go up to the store and, and get your mama about $3 worth of oil. And see, for y'all young folk back then, you can get a gallon for about 60 cents. And so if, if I went up there with about $3, I had almost five gallons of oil. So I go up and I get the oil and I, my brother and I, and we come back to the house and, and my mother would take that aluminum container that dropped down in the side of that happy heater and, and we'd fill it up and we, we drop it in there. But it was something that mama always did that would interest it. We believe that once you put the oil in there, you just light it and off it go. But but the wick was always stubborn. We had to take and you know how it had that little spring coming from the little house and what the wick come out of. You had to take that thing and shake it side to side to get the fire to come through the way it's supposed. Y'all don't know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the poor folk. I'm talking about the ones who done been there. Are you listening to me? I, I mean, your house smell like fumes, but you were warm, wasn't you? Come on now. Hallelujah. And, and so what we do, my mama say, you know, I, I need you to put the, put it in there and light it up and, and move that, to move it side to side. And as you move it side to side, you can see the fire trying to take, but you just had to keep doing it. And once it took, you were off and running. And then mama say, you know, you control the fire by how high the wick came up. So she would turn it and the wick would come up out of it and, and it would set on fire. And, and we- Listen again next Sunday at 8 p.m. as the message continues from Bishop Stowbridge at Open Tomb Ministries, The Family Church at 5655 Timaquana Road, Sunday School at 930, Worship Service at 1030, Tuesday Night Bible Study at 7, Bishop Strowbridge's books, The Mystery of Creation and the Discovery of Self and the Fulfillment of Purpose are available at the church and Amazon.com.